Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. And we're back with another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. What's up, Poole? <laughs> I thought we were changing that intro. That didn't change it terribly much. And I throw a little something different right there. It's just... uh. You gotta, you gotta take baby steps sometimes. I understand. I mean, I threw some of the WWE stuff at you and you didn't really go for it. So, you know, well, I don't, I don't like know you said, baby steps, steps, not huge right. leaps. Baby steps, not huge leaps. I understand. That's right, man. What's, uh, what's going on with you today? Man, enjoying this cool weather. I know we always talk about the weather, but this little, little bit of a cool snap, I hope it kind of stays. Fall is in the air finally. Man, that is that is the truth. I don't I don't it kinda shocked me almost, you know, it went from you know, close to ninety down to seventy five, just boom, and it is it is welcomed, I can tell you that. Well, I know this for all the all the folks is out, you know, still getting rye grass done or trying to get deer plots, you know, you your summer grass is done. Uh I was yeah. looking at my grass for my cattle today and yeah, it's it's already starting to change color a little bit so i mean it's it's done it's just about as tough as it's gonna get right now on grass quality so mine are mine are still trying to eat a few fields down so i can get in there and get them disc and set up for cows ryegrass planted for winter but we're trying to get the last of hay in i'm looking like i'm gonna be hauling hay all weekend get a couple hundred more brown bales put up and there you go there you go. Yeah. Uh, normally, I can find a little assistance, a little help that wants to come make a little side money, but this weekend, everybody seems to be occupied, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, deer season is starting up. I know this is going to air a little bit later, but, you know, bow season about to get started, and, uh, and yeah, I bet a bunch of people is, is going to take this fine opportunity of some cooler weather and get out there and, uh, and enjoy the the uh the opening weekend i guess you say of bow season and hopefully not sweating and swatting mosquitoes too bad well i'm gonna stretch it out in the morning you know like i said this episode's gonna be about a week late uh this one actually air on about the 10th but in the morning i've got a a feeder that has had pigs continually under it so hopefully i'll have a picture or two of some some pigs, or maybe old Nanny Doe may snort one too many times, and yeah. she, she may get stuck. I know we've talked about it on here before. The kids, my kids kind of fuss at me if I shoot anything with horns, so I will uh, I will stay in my lane for right now unless it's just something I can't help pass, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep everything. Well, under, I know we had the, we had the Delta Waterfowl Sporting Clays Tournament the other day, and Man, that turned out great. I, I I really enjoyed. it. I talked to a few of the guys that that shot out there, and man, I've heard nothing but good things. And and it was a time, man. I had I had a great time with it. It was good good fundraising effort. I know we've talked about it that we couldn't have the banquet this year and tried a couple of different fundraising opportunities, and and I think it went well, man. I had a, I had a great time, and we uh I think what your team ended up winning it. I think the team I was on got second place, and. Gave a gun away to the high shooter. That was uh, Mr. Jamie Wood, and man, it was it was a great event. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, I had somebody ask me the other day if I'm hosting the tournament and am I allowed to win the tournament? And I, 
my, my only backtrack was is I had the youngest team entered into the tournament. You know, yeah. We, we had a 13-year-old on the team and then two 18-year-olds, and, and I was the old man of the group. But <laughs> the young guys outshot me quite well. So, uh, you know, if you were looking at it age-wise, you know, our, our guy that was judging at the end of it, he said, man, he said, that little guy just shocked me. He said, I wasn't expecting him to shoot anywhere like I – I was surprised he missed as many as he did. Uh, you know, so, so you're saying you, you handicapped a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I knew he was going to shoot well. Uh, I knew. Oh him yeah, he Ta- always does. Yeah, him and Taylor and Slade. I knew the three of them were going to shoot really well, and I was just hoping that I wasn't making their backs too sore, having to drag me around. But yeah, they didn't know. Uh, they didn't fuss too much. They they would even give me that pity clap when I made you know when I hit several in a row. So it, it's all appreciative. But yeah, no, it was a great time. You know, anybody that listens to this in our local area, you know, Mr. Jeff Alford has put a course together on Middle Gladding Road, Clay Hollow. It's a private course, but it's a it's a really nice deal. So if anybody's looking for a fundraiser wanting to put some teams together and, and have a nice event. His venue is, has really come a long way, and he's he's continuing to work on it. And, you know, it was a really challenging little course. So, I mean, 12 throwers. Yeah, yeah that was my first time shooting it, man. I, I had a great time with it. I, I knew I was, I was kind of handicapping myself going into it, but I wanted to shoot my 20-gauge over and under, and, and uh, I had a pair of skeet chokes in a barrel, SK-1s, and – I was like, man, I don't know how well I'm going to do, but I think I ended up shooting, you know, right at 80 in the mid seventies to 80. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, uh, man, it was a, it was a great course. I, I really had a, had a great, I mean, the venue itself, you know, with the, with the clubhouse he got built and, and a nice back porch, you can sit there off the back porch and pretty much, you know, see half the station get shot. It was, it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. Well, then you throw on top of that, Uncle Allen cooked a, a really fine jambalaya and, had everybody, you know, actually, had actually, one of the guys that works with me, he he came out there and shot on the team, and, and he said, "Man, the, the the shooting was great, but whoever that fellow was that made that jambalaya, that was some of the best I ever had." I I started telling him that that Uncle Allen snuck a uh, smoked bologna loaf in there and, and mixed it in, but I didn't I didn't go that far with it. But, well, uh, you know, if he's listening to this, you know, he he. His jambalaya is really good, but his specialty is that smoked bologna. So, oh, I know. I, I don't know. know if I've ever seen a grown man get that happy about a, a, a bologna roll. You know, he'll send pictures of it, you know, to let us know that, oh, yeah. that the bologna is on the smoker and what time to be there. And it's like, bud, I'm not in a rush <laughs> to get there. But <laughs> he's always fired up about that bologna. And I don't know if it's because he knows we won't eat it or what, but he he enjoys the fire out of it. He'll eat it for a week. So I parked his ears up uh, Saturday morning. I said, Uncle Allen, we, uh, man, I was looking in the sale ads the other day that had a bologna loaf for 99 cents a pound, and he about forgot all about the jambalaya. He was cooking, wanted to know where I, where I saw the sale ad at for the, uh, you can't do for that the bologna loaf. You can't do that to him. You'll get him distracted. He'll be off on a – because he had already found something for the jambalaya at the Piggly Wiggly. 
and he was he called me the night before and he was all ecstatic about it because he had got it at a discounted rate and and he donated mm-hmm. his jambalaya so i mean he he did yeah all the ingredients everything the the bowls the forks everything that went into it he he donated all of that for the for the delta fundraiser and and you know with that being said you know, by the time this airs, we will just be a few weeks out from our golf tournament. So anybody listening to this that wants to put a team together, come, 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 have a good afternoon or good morning with us playing golf. And you know, it's, yeah, that's going to be on the thirtieth out there at Quail Hollow, and uh, it's going to be a four-man scramble. I hope, hope a lot of people can come. Man, we're looking forward to. It. We've never done a golf tournament before. We've uh, played in a few and. And, uh, but I, I hope that, I hope we get a lot of teams out there, fill the course up, be a good day of golf. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope that that takes off pretty well. Well, and also anybody listening to this, if you listen to last week's episode with Mr. Wayne Thornhill over at, uh, Thornhill Shooting Preserve, today is the day that he's doing his customer appreciation out at his place in js so if if you're listening yep. to this you know ride out and go see he's gonna have plenty of food uh they're gonna have a skeet shoot going on they are gonna have some quail hunts going on because his season actually opens tomorrow also isn't it in october 1st is what he told us yeah i think october 1st and i know this will be airing on the on k106 on the radio on the 10th so i guess you listen to it today um Tenth, that's when he's gonna have his customer appreciation day, and I think he said some skeet shooting, some some quick bird hunts, and and be a be a good time out there for sure. Oh, Mr. Wayne's always entertaining, and it. it's it's a great little you know it's a great hunt. Anybody that's looking for something, if you want to go and and watch the dogs work and get to see some birds flying, some challenging shooting, you can. You know, if you bust a covey up and you don't get them all, you just keep right on working along and the dogs will pick up them, you know, piece by piece at a time and you can go ahead and pick them all up. It's a, it's a really nice place and they do all the bird cleaning and, you know, have everything ready for you bagged up when you're ready to go. So, yep, yep, that is it, man. But, uh, yeah, so I guess teal season is kind of winding up. I know you got to do a pretty decent little amount of hunting, uh, Hunt down in South Louisiana. How'd that go for you? Went pretty good, didn't it? Man, we had a great. Uh, the opener was just stellar. Uh, a friend of mine that has a guide service down there has has, you know, we we've been doing a couple of things together for the last couple of years, and I go down and kind of help fill in guide when he's got a group that that doesn't quite have a, you know, somebody set up for, and I don't really guide. I just kind of go and go and help out, but. Uh, I think 931 teal we took Saturday and Sunday, the opening weekend. Uh, that was morning hunts and evening hunts. And I know I saw the other day they posted that for the 16-day season, they did a little over 3,000 birds. So, Wow. They they had a lot of birds down in the area this year. Um, don't know if it wow. was... You know, if if the the hatch was that well, or if the storms, a couple of tornado hurricanes pushed some stuff around and moved them in on them, but they had they had a plenty of birds down there this year for sure. So, how much better was it this year than it was last year? Do you know numbers wise, Jeremy? I want to say last year they did a little over a thousand in sixteen days. So, 
Wow, triple almost. Triple. Right now, he it, added yeah. some new properties and added more blinds and more guides because we ran, we were running 10, 11 groups. We ran 11 groups opening morning and 11 groups next morning. So, he, you know, he upped his, he beefed his operation up. And, I mean, you, the results tell, talk for themselves. So, and, you know, hmm. I'm sure somewhere in them 16 days they had a few slow days. I mean, you, it's still coming. Right. You know, you're going to have days that are hot and heavy and fast and furious. And, but yeah. I know, uh, yeah. I know several of the hunts that I was on. I went down the first two weekends and, and was able to get hunts on and you know hunting with hunting with different folks is always uh it's always part of the enjoyment and i guess part of the part that makes you pucker up a little bit too especially when your dog's the one in the water but uh <laughs> yeah. she she probably had the most fun out of the two of us now she was madder than a wet hen at me the first morning because i had her tied up with her leash in the blind with us because i wanted to let the first three or four groups that came in us shoot without really stirring anything up. So right, right. it was birds hitting the water all over the place and she's steadily marking and, you know, she was about to, about to come unglued to get out of that blind and go pick something up. And once we had, I think I had eight folks with me the first morning. So, or all total, it was eight of us. So we needed 48 to be able to get out of the blind with everybody a limit. And we probably had 30 on the water in the first 15 minutes. Mm. So when I finally cut her loose and let her go out, we had a, a group came in and just dove on the decoys and she's in the decoys. And wow. one, of, one of the guys went to jump up. And I said, don't you dare stay down. There'll be another group <laughs> stay down. So she got back in. She had picked up five or six at that point. And I had to put yeah. her back in the blind with us. And we went ahead and got another group and we were, we were done within an hour and probably should have been done a little faster had we shot a little bit better. So, Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, I want to say opening, both opening mornings, each blind limited. So out of 22 or 24 blinds, all of them limited pretty quick. First two mornings. And I'm, I know from keeping up with the numbers as they went through and even on second weekend, we still had great numbers. So. It was, yeah. uh, it, it was all you wanted. I mean, it was, it was fast and furious. And then, you know, you'd hit a lull every once in a while. Um, had to kind of wait it out and work them a little bit harder, especially the second weekend. I'm not sure about the third weekend, how the birds acted, but you know, it, yeah. it had a cool front come down and push some new birds. So, you know, you get new birds in the area, they may have worked just fine, just the same also. So, yeah, but you know, <laughs> You do that down there, and then you go to our hunt up at Howard Miller, and you've got a whole oh. different ball game. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, a totally different ball game. You could definitely say that. It was. I, t- I think I told my wife whenever we got whenever we got home. I said, "This is probably." I said, "I've I've had some some hunts where I hadn't killed anything, but but had a great time. I mean, those those just come. I mean, if you're a hunter." You know, you're going to have those and they're expected and, you know, you make the best of it. But I told her, I said, this was probably the worst hunting experience I think I've ever had. <laughs> and, uh, she just laughed about it and, you know, carried on. We were, we were fine. We, nobody was hurt and nothing like that. So she laughed about it, carried on. But it was, 
it was probably one of the most challenging, I guess. It probably not the worst. I mean, I don't, I don't guess I've ever Physical. had a, you know, anything that would be considered the worst. It just, it was challenging, but something you, we can laugh about, smile about, and, you know, talk about it on here. Oh, it's made a story. Uh, everybody, when I posted the pictures the other day, I've probably had to tell the story at least 40 times already from people mm. seeing what we posted on, you know, on, uh, online. Yeah, I've done the same. I've had a few people ask me, well, what about, or, hey, I'm going to Howard Miller in the morning. You want to go? And I just laugh like, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> one there. Slade even texted me the other night. He said, hey, I'm going to Howard Miller in the morning hunting. You want to go? And, and, uh, I said, uh, yeah, ha- have at it. You're more than welcome to go. I'll tell you exactly how to get there. <laughs> yeah, I'll drop you a pin. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you exactly, you know, what hot spot is. And everybody listening to this that doesn't understand what we're talking about. Last Thursday, I had a draw hunt. You know, Howard Miller's on a draw. And I think for the last four years, I have put in for draws and have not gotten a draw. Yeah, me either for teal. I mean, it's been, oh gosh, I want to say four or five years myself for a teal draw. So that's what I told Joel when we, when I first got this, like, guys, I hate to waste it. So, you know, whoever wants to go, let's go. And then what we had a five inch rain the night before. Well, not only that, you know, whenever whenever you mentioned that we, that you had a draw, hey, we had interest right off the bat. I said, yeah, I'm in. You know, Scotty said he was in. Drew said he was in. And, you know, we had a party of four, you know, hyped up, ready to go. And then, what was it, the night before or two nights before, you're like, man, I don't two think anybody's going to come. You didn't want to go? And I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah, two nights before, you know, those the other two started backing out. So that next day, I, I messaged out a bunch of people to see who could go or who wanted to go and you know, Wayne, our buddy Wayne decided he could go and it was like, well, good deal. That, that makes three. We'll, we'll be able to, we need 18 birds. That's all I was thinking is, you know, we'll go have a good time. We, we need 18 birds. And, and had we gone up Sunday when we went back to get the bike, you know, we got there in plenty of time. We were early enough. We got unloaded. We, we, we started going back, but that five inch rain. Man, that gumbo mud had gotten nasty, and, you know, we'll post some pictures with this podcast, kind of let y'all see what we're talking about, but it was, that Polaris of mine, that 800, it had all it wanted. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, we we thought we were stuck at one point, finally got rocked out, kind of smoked a belt a little bit, and then found some grass, so we got up to the spot, and... Well, I I guess backing up just a minute... If anybody's been to Howard Miller, they probably know exactly what we're talking about. I mean, this is, and I, I guess it's mainly due to probably the farming practices up there. The reason is probably so bad. You know, they farm Howard Miller more extensively than any other WMA that I'm aware of. Yes. So, I mean, you know, it's always it's always traffic there during the summer, uh, getting beans planted, getting, you know, rice planted, uh, uh, other things. And the levees or the, the ATV trails are pretty much the levees of the impoundments. They're just, I mean, they don't necessarily hold water, but they soak it up, I guess, from all the ground working during the summer of getting everything prepped. And whenever we turned off the gravel part onto the, the actual ATV trail going across the impoundments, and what, we went 100, 200 yards, we started immediately, the bike started running hot or getting hot. And, oh, we had an know, extra 400 pounds of mud gathered on it at that time. Easily. Easily. And, it's still uh, mud I falling just, off on my carport. <laughs> well, I knew then, I was like, in, in my mind, I'm like, you know, we're, we're going to have trouble. And then, 
you know, we got to that one point to where it wouldn't hardly go. You know, we, we stopped to let it cool off and then, you know, it wouldn't hardly go. And I asked, once we got back going from there and we went to get to that other road where there's a bunch of grass trying to get out of the mud, I asked you a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you what asked did I me. Ask, what what you, did I ask you, Pope? You asked me, are we going the wrong way? And my response to that was, is we're halfway to the truck or we're halfway to the duck hole. So let's go hunt. Let's go hunt. (laughs) Maybe not my best decision, but I didn't hear anybody else argue with me at that point. No, I wouldn't go argue the point. I just wanted your opinion because it was in my (laughs) mind. And I'm like, I want to see what Poole says. And I probably do kind of what I thought you would say well, and I'll I'll go along with that a little bit further. You know, I knew at that point Wayne had not been on a teal hunt at all. You had not been on a teal hunt. I was like, you know, I've been on several really good hunts, but I hate to I hate to call it and us be this close because at one point it was like, look, let's just leave the bike and we'll walk up there. It's not that far of a walk. We can just walk it. You know, we're, we're a mile yeah. from there. Let's grab a couple of decoys apiece, grab your guns and a mojo, and let's book it. And you know, mm-hmm. we can get this thing pointed the other way coming out, and in the daylight, maybe we can see a little better trail, and, you know, yep. we, we can come on flying out of here, but that did not but no, happen. We, we, we continued on, and I was sitting there looking at it on my phone, because Howard Miller, this year, it may have been like that year's past, like we said, I hadn't had a draw in years, but they only had two impoundments that were open, and they were first come, first served. And the only scouting report I had was from the week before. I knew some guys that went up there had a pretty decent shoot. So I was looking at my phone, kind of seeing how close we were to it. And, uh, and so we're, we're trucking on up through there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, all right, we're, we're right here with our unit. And then boom. Well, when we got to the unit, I asked you, do you want to stop here? Or do you want to go on down to the trees? And about that time, the belt right. broke. And it's like, okay, belt well, broke. we're going to stop here. How about that? <laughs> so, so we rush, get over into the unit, and it's like the first water we see is like, all right, we're hunting here. So we already know we well, got a I long mean, walk yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, we, we we couldn't scout it. I mean, we didn't have time to walk around and, you know, look at what the unit looked like. And No, we were minutes ha- before shooting. We only had water, and, you know, it split into two different ponds, so only one of them had water. So at that time, it was almost daylight. And so, yeah, you know, we just tried to scratch a few out from the levee almost. Had we shot a little better, had we found cover, I yeah. think that was our biggest yeah. thing. The little hole we had found tucked in wasn't a bad little hole, but there was just nowhere to hide. I mean, I looked up at one point, and, and Wayne had fallen off his stool trying to shoot because he <laughs> didn't get the, you know, the legs out on the stool right so that it actually stuck in the mud properly. And then I look behind me, and he is standing up behind a sunflower stalk. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? He said, I ain't sitting on that stool again. I done been in the water already. I'm like, (laughs) it's like, well, I don't know if we're going to get anything to work with you standing up. At least kneel down. Get get low as you can. At least that'll help us some. But, And I know one group that came through. You know, you couldn't shoot. There was another one where I couldn't shoot. There were several where, you know, we just weren't, we weren't set up very well. We were rushed getting into it and it was just a, a debacle. But we, we came out with four birds and I'm, I'm not scared to say we should have at least had 12. Even. Yeah. I mean, if we were, you know, 10 if, to 12. If, if the morning had went better from the get go, I feel like we would have. 
you know, at least shot, like you say, a couple limits. But, I mean, even in, in the meantime, while we were hunting, you know, I'm thinking in my options, some options in my head, you know, we, we called our buddy Kenny in Vicksburg. He wasn't available to come. Oh, I was so on I the phone my- with Game and Fish during one group that came in, and it was like, I don't even have my gun up. I've got my phone up with the one eight hundred B safe, hoping they'll help us out. And that that didn't really lead to a lot. Uh, we, I, I take know, it back. Well, that might have led to a lot. That's how Officer Williams got up with us to bring the four wheeler. So that may have actually led to something. Well, that and I talked to my buddy Talbot. He lives in Vicksburg, and he's like, "Man, I can come get y'all, but it may be you know hour and a half, two hours. I'm already made it to the office. I'd have to leave the office, go home, hook up to a trailer, get a, get a bike, then get to Howard Miller. You know, it may be an hour and a half, two hours." before I can get there. So yeah, we're we're constantly the whole time while we're hunting trying to figure out exactly how for one, probably not gonna get the bike out, but then how can we get out without having to walk three point one miles through the Howard Miller mud in waders toting our gear out. So we were we were you know, had had all that up against us and then trying to shoot as well and thank goodness for well I guess we we can we can go into you know, whenever we got, whenever we called the hunt, what was it around? What, eight thirty, nine o'clock, something like that? Yeah, right in there. And so we called the hunt, get back to the buggy. And so we had, we had with us, you know, what, two stools. Um, we all had guns, bags, and you had the, uh, you had your visit lab that we slid, um, decoys. <laughs> yeah, mojos. And so we get back to the ranger and we're sitting there, you know, wondering what we're going to take out. What are we going to leave? And you said, what'd you say? You, uh, you don't really care about, but you know, they're not going to steal the buggy unless they bring a belt with them and put it on. Yeah, Odds are they probably wouldn't know what was wrong with it anyway. And, uh, so we end up leaving. What do we leave? The sled, the decoys and the Invisalab. That's correct. Yep. All of and, that, uh, all of that got to stay. And amazingly, all of it was still there when we got back. So. It was, it was. But what was funny to me, I guess, and I know you and I talked about it, is that we start striking out of there. You know, I had my gun, my bag, and uh, and a jacket that I'd taken with me because it was raining a little bit when we got there that morning. And uh, and Wayne just took off like a like a rocket. I he mean, was he just bound, strikes out. He was bound and determined not to let us younger guys outwalk him. That's right, it, and it wasn't bad. I guess that first what half three quarter of a mile yeah first half much, mile was pretty much grass pretty well grassy and then when we got to the point to where we crossed over from that other road to the road we ended up breaking the belt on we um we start hitting that mud and i'm telling you it was within 10 yards each one of my feet probably weighed at least 50 pounds and so I remember trying, Wayne was almost still on up ahead of me a pretty good ways, but I hadn't stopped. I just wanted, I had a good pace going and it was getting tougher and tougher and tougher. And, uh, and I caught up to Wayne and, and he sat there and I had one bottle of water with me. I think he had one with him and we take a little break and then we start back going. And, uh, and I get on up ahead a little bit and get up there and it was a, it was a water well with a, about 10 or 12 inch PVC pipe coming out of it. And, and I have me a, uh, I have me a seat on it and I'm sitting there and, and I think y'all had caught up to me and all of a sudden we're sitting there talking and we're hearing, and I'm, I'm sitting there looking and, and we sit there and it's, 
and I, I, I guess it's kind of like a scene from a movie, you know, with somebody stranded, and they all of a sudden see, you know, uh, like a, if you're standing see on land. an island, you see a, a helicopter fly over or something. <laughs> <laughs> Start waving our hands and hollering and all this. And it was the, uh, it was Officer Williams that she had, he had spoken with on the phone. They didn't even think he was even going to have anything to come out there and get us with. Well, that's the funny part. When y'all took off walking, I was on the phone trying to get my jacket off and get everything arranged so I could, you know, get comfortable to walk because I had a bunch of junk. And the last communication I had with him was, I do not have a bike. I have no way of getting down there to y'all. He said, I can bring my truck as far as I can bring it. And I said, well, as far as you can bring it will be where you leave it because that road is nasty i said you you can't come back in here in a truck i said this this buggy has you know we burn a belt up trying to get back in here a game of, that game of fish truck's not gonna make it i said but if you if you find something you know let me know but i said we're we're walking out and he said well if you give me an hour or two i can probably find something i said well hopefully within an hour or two we can walk this 3.1 miles out you know, once we got back to the gravel road, the gravel road itself wasn't worth a toot because it was just sloshy. But mm-hmm. the green grass on the other side had promise. So it was like, you know, if we yeah. get to there, I think we can we can walk it on out because we all turkey hunt. And we all cover a lot of ground through turkey season. So it was like, you know. That's right. But walking in waders in that gumbo mud where, like you say, each foot seems like it weighs 30 to 50 pounds every time you go to pick it up. Cause you, you it doesn't take like long. You, that gets a hold of you. Yeah, you look like you're leaving Bigfoot tracks when you come out of there. You're leaving a, a track about 40 inches long and about you know 12 inches wide <laughs> on each one. Look like you got two by 12 strapped to your feet. Oh, without a doubt. Well, then, you know, Officer Williams sees us, comes on up there, and we're like, you know, get Wayne. You know, we'll throw some gear on there with him, and, uh, and we, we'll just hang out here. So he carries Wayne to the truck, comes back. I get on, and I think I get your gun and, and a couple other things. And you got one and of the most important things that the, that Wayne didn't think about. You got the truck keys. Yeah, yeah. I find I get the truck keys so I can get get these waiters off of me and uh, and get back. And so then you and you and Sonny come driving back up, and you know we sit there and small talk him and tell him how gracious we are of uh of his service and him coming to pick us up and you know he's 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 a great guy and said that we definitely what the first ones and won't be the last one he probably has to escort out of howard miller but rescue he, uh rescue yeah rescue yeah were yeah, we uh, escorted at all but what did they ask us uh were we uh what did i tell you that lady on the phone asked me were we in in distress. In distress. <laughs> Were we in distress? And I said, yes, ma'am, we are. And she said, was there any other circumstance? I said, well, well, hold on. I said, Wayne, how old are you? And he, he hollered back 64, I think. And I said, well, ma'am, we got a senior citizen with us also. I don't think he can make the walk out. <laughs> and I won't repeat what all got said after that <laughs> comment, but yeah, it was, yeah, he was. Looking back now, he's probably appreciative of that comment. Yeah, it, it was worth the laugh. I mean, it it had me giggling and laughing the whole time after he made his comment back to me. But it was, yeah, oh, I mean, without we, a doubt, we had so even we, got to the point where, you know, had talked to the folks with ATV about, uh, you know, possibly coming and doing a rescue operation. So yeah, Senate, they was going to put together a recovery team to come get us. But that didn't seem like. Financially, that was going to be the best. It's going to be an expensive one, is all I know. But you know, 
out of all of this story, you know, we broke the belt. Then you and I put together Sunday morning. We got up and we didn't want to get in there too early. So we, we kind of got a little bit of a late start, got down there. And as we pulled up, there's a group of hunters coming out. Yeah. We've got yeah. a belt. We've got tools. We've got your four wheeler. We're going in there to get it. And, you know, as we're unloading and stuff, we, we get to talking to the group of hunters that are behind us that just pulled in. It's like, guys, well, how'd y'all do this morning? They're like, man, we did okay. We did okay. But, you know, if we could have gotten that other unit, we'd have done a lot better. Well, I saw the look on your face and I automatically started laughing. They were like, well, what's so funny? I said, well, why didn't y'all go in the other unit? And the guy said, well, man, there, down there. there was a buggy down there. <laughs> He said, he said, man, he said, if we could have got anywhere near over there, he said, we'd have done a lot better. It was birds falling in there. It's like, well, I hate to tell you all this. We apologize now, but. Uh, that buggy's been there for three days. <laughs> buggy's been there a while. <laughs> We're actually here trying to go back and hopefully get it and get out. Uh, so I, to me. I don't say those guys were mad, but that would have been some information they would have loved to have known before daylight. Well, that, my that thought. buggy's been broke down since Thursday. <laughs> My thought was is that, you know, I would have at least gone near the unit and somebody could have flashed a light at me and I would have come off. You know, because yeah, by had Sunday a bit it of was. Went into it. Especially because you know when you were in the parking lot and when you left, nobody was there. Right. You're right. the only truck and trailer in the parking lot and there can only be one other group hunting. So there's nowhere other there's no other way that anybody else came in so yeah i would have at least put a a, a little check on it that hey okay we'll we'll try that unit because unless they spent the night there and, and you know had mom and daddy drop them off and just went on in there's no way that the bike got there any other way so yep uh i just you know to cap the whole story off and, and you and i got in there and you know we were able to get the belt changed pretty easy other than the fire ants yeah, uh, you know, and it taking a crowbar and digging the mud, trying to break as much of it off as we could, and and yeah. By the way, I love your video. We'll have to, we, we may have to post one of those, not the other one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of me yeah. coming out. But you know, the funniest thing to me in this whole ordeal, other than the guys getting, you know, kind of thrown off by the buggy being there. I'm sorry, that was just that was icing on the cake for me. But mm-hmm. your little four wheeler. With both of us on there, we're, what, 450 pounds plus a gear. Yeah, so probably, that's, yeah. you know, the yeah, tools we had tools and, everything. and everything. Yeah, probably more than that. Yeah, it's close to 500 pounds on that little four-wheeler. And you barely made a track on Sunday. Them little slick oh, tires you. that you have on that little light bike, you barely made a track where we were, what, four to eight inches deep? Yeah, I mean, Digging he was through still that coming mud. out Sunday. You know, I took that second video. You're sitting there just not really trenching, but you're just sitting there collecting that that mud all over again. And I was, I mean, even our group message was telling Scotty the other day. I like, I really want to put some more tires on that thing. But in my experiences going to the Delta, you know, not only hunting Howard Miller but hunting other places, it seems like a stock slick. I mean, when I say slick, I mean you can sit there and do donuts in the yard slick tires do the best up there because it doesn't i mean it's no no traction it just sits there on top and just doesn't dig down or nothing and uh it comes right out made it well and and whatever does gather on it there's nothing for it to grab to so you sling it all sling right off 
And yep. well, and now Sunday, you didn't have any buildup under your fender wells or anywhere else either, mm-hmm. like we had. Because man, That's I mean, right. I, you dug on one side and I dug on one side so that we could make the turn across <laughs> the little canal because I couldn't turn the front tires. The yep. mud was caked up in there so thick that you know we couldn't even turn them and. And look, like I say, there's still mud falling off of my carport. Uh, oh, I don't doubt it. I drove it a couple times across the cattle gap and went through the pasture several times Sunday when we got it back, just trying to knock what I could loose, you know, get as yeah. much of it out from under it as I could. And then I pulled it up on the carport, and, dude, it looks like you threw out a bag of rocks up underneath it. Every every morning I walk <laughs> up there and look, and it's another pile of mud you know, the stuff oh, that was man. inside the rims, it's hardening up enough. I guess it's not sticking anymore. It's starting to fall out. And I told the girls the other day, I said, y'all take that thing for another ride, but y'all put your darn helmet on when you go because oh, no they're going to tell him what's going to sling out from under there. You know, go slow to start with, and then once you get get some of the loosest stuff off, you know, hit that cattle gap a couple more times, and it should, you know, pretty well jimmy the rest of it loose, and we'll be done with it. Well, you know, you and I kind of knew – we knew what to expect with the with the Delta mud and Wayne. We were telling him about it going up there. I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, so we were telling Wayne about it going up there, and he just couldn't imagine what it was like. And then within, you know, I was telling him the story of one time I was up there hunting, and there was a guy coming out on a four-wheeler, and he had literally torn the fenders off of that four-wheeler with just mud building up and the weight on it. I guess it bent it down enough to cough the tires, just ripped the fenders completely off. And I was telling him all those stories, and I guess he, he really couldn't comprehend it until until then. He said, well, you know what? I know exactly what y'all are talking about. Now, I had never seen nothing like this before in my life. Well, I still think my favorite one up there was the guy that come out without the axle under his trailer. Yeah. yeah. You know, that little guy had brought his four-wheeler up there and then hooked his trailer to it to get all his gear and these other hunters back in there. And when he come out, he had not lost a tire. He had lost that one axle on that trailer and was dragging it out on a skid. And he didn't even stop at the check station. Game warden was sitting there checking us, and he just waved at him like, poor fella, just go on and go out. Fella's uh, <laughs> yeah. got enough misery for the day. Because, <laughs> I mean, the guy had to go get another trailer just to get his bike home unless he could put it in the back of the truck. Uh and his hunters, if I remember correctly, he couldn't he couldn't even go back in and get the folks that were with him. I think they walked out. Um, and I don't remember. He may have unhooked the trailer and went on back in there. But I know that trailer sat there for a while. I tell you what, it's a special place, man. I t- I said it, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna live up to it. Unless I'm gonna throw one caveat in there. I said I wasn't ever going back. I if I go back. There will not be any equipment of mine involved, and there's going to be a way. If we tear something up, there's going to be a way for me to get out instead of walk. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to keep having fun with this, when I posted the pictures on social media the other night, it was, you know, there were so many experts that knew everything about <laughs> gumbo mud or knew anything about Polaris buggies and everybody loves a Honda. And hey, I've got a Honda sitting at the house. We, we did not, I didn't load it that morning. I had the other one already on the trailer and that's what we took. I don't know if the Honda would have got in and out any easier. We wouldn't have broke a belt. We may have broke the transmission. Yeah. But, you know, probably broke something a lot more expensive. But everybody that come on there had come, not everybody, several of them that came on there like, why didn't you run it off in the water? There wasn't any water. 
Every unit was dry <laughs> except for the two in the we very We made it there yet. Yeah, we couldn't get to water. <laughs> we were two miles from any water that you could wash your tires off with. Yes, I get it. I, we've been there before. We know if you can get into water and wash it off, it'll you can take off again and you know, just keep cutting in and out of the water and you're fine. <laughs> we didn't have that opportunity. It just was what it was. It was uh, <laughs> hold on tight and let's get it, boys. Keep your fingers crossed and let's pray. And it didn't work. But I do know that was a that was a fun trip. Uh, and like I say, we should we we should have had a lot better you know bird count than we did. But right to be right. honest, about a mile in, I didn't want to tote any more birds. I was glad we hadn't no. killed any more. The, no, I was kind of glad we ended up what we ended up with because them poor low, them poor. I had them all. I think I had them maybe all on my string. They looked like he drunk Well, you had that buggy time well, they come out there. At one point, that's what I asked you. So, Jeremy, pick your birds up, man. They dragging behind you in the mud. You were leaving a funny trail going down through there. And them poor birds looked like they'd gathered another five pounds of weight apiece. So it was like, dude, get your birds up. Uh, I had tucked oh, mine man. into my vest that way it wouldn't flap around or you know drag anymore it was like oh this this is and and i had hit that that comfortable stroll back there i I wasn't in any rush i knew it was a marathon it wasn't a race so it, it you know I'd, just... I'd kind of gotten that too until i made it probably to that uh to that water pipe when i sat down and and i took a little breather and once i did that i just i don't know it just felt like it took the wind out of myself i was Thank goodness, Officer Williams. I don't know if you listen to podcasts. We sincerely appreciate what you did for us. Oh, no doubt. That's why I went ahead and gave him kudos. And I think I got his name wrong the first time I posted. I had to go back and edit, which we know I don't always get everything right when I post. So that's why we <laughs> that's why we generally try to let you do most of the posting. But oh man, but uh, no man, the uh, with all the events coming up and all the stuff, you know, kids are playing softball right now. I know yours yours finally got stopped on dirt bikes for a little bit, so No, we're leaving out tomorrow, headed to Tyler, Texas for the for a Pro Am challenge over there. So we got three three, four days of it. So y'all are racing? Yeah, yeah, we're racing. Okay. I, I misunderstood. I thought y'all were uh I thought y'all were going spectating on no, this. No, we're event, racing. Y'all actually we're, running uh, running hot in this one. Yeah, I spent all night last night getting the bikes ready and serviced up, and I got to get back home today and get everything get everything loaded up in the camper. And uh, so, yeah, we're leaving out tomorrow when the kids get out of school and rolling on over and be a be a fun weekend of it. Well, when is going to be the big announcement about the Shaw ATV and uh, motocross shop that's going to be opening up before long? Man, I don't even know if I'd have room between all the junk that I have to work on at the house just to keep these boys going. <laughs> it would be uh I actually had a guy that I know he called me the other day and said, Man, who works on who works on y'all's dirt bikes? I said, Yours truly. He said, Well, I was I kinda thought that. I got one maybe you may want to look at. He said, uh he said, I don't really know what's wrong with it. It's set up for about three years and I took it over to a buddy's house and he said he could fix it and he kept it for a year. I said, well, man, I'd be more than happy to look at it, but it'd probably be just about like taking it to your buddy. I said, I could probably get it going, but you, you'd probably forget what it looked like by the time I had a chance to get to it. So, yeah, my wife said I need to open up a side business working on stuff like that. And I said, well, it's either going to work on ours or work on somebody else's. It ain't going to be both. 
Well, hopefully somebody else's pay is a little better than working on ours. Yeah, probably so. I hadn't, uh, the boys hadn't dig the, dug in their piggy bank yet to pay the mechanic. I'm going to bet they don't any time in the foreseeable future, but maybe, you know, one of these days when we're seeing them on TV, uh, they at least... Think maybe they may reimburse the mechanic then? They might. They might. And then again, they may tell you, you know, well, Dad, you got a job. Get at it. Um <laughs> Like that's what they tell me now. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate all you did for us, but uh, you know, you're on your yeah. own, Dad. No doubt, man. No doubt. But yeah, it was a it was a fun trip, and I'm glad we got to tell a story about our our Howard Miller adventure. It was it was definitely a fun one. Well, it will. Uh, I'm like you. That will probably be the last, definitely the last time that my equipment goes up there. If there's any rain been in any time, it, you know, had we gone back Sunday, like I say, had, had we not had that big rain right before, I mean, we drove through a monsoon getting up there. Lord, we almost hit a, yeah. we thought we'd run over a tree in the road. Yeah. Thank goodness somebody had cut that tree out of the road because had we hit it doing 55 with a gooseneck trailer and a buggy behind us, there is no telling what type of story we'd have had to tell from there. We may have had one. It'd probably have been stories. worse than a broken belt. Yeah, it, it would have been a lot of broken stuff, I'm going to bet. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, maybe, you know, just weather guidance. Um, go back, you've got a little bit of a dry. Um, whole different story. Yeah, I mean, have we got up there and been able to drive right back there to where we wanted to and be able to scout and look and, you know, pick which hole and find some good cover? I I, I just do. I, I believe that we would have we would have had way better success on the numbers that we were able to take. Uh, but we yeah, wouldn't have had so. anywhere near. It would have just been a hunt. Mm-hmm. It would have mm-hmm. just been another hunt where this one will go down in history for quite a while. This one will stay on the brain. You're right. You know, people, every time, every time somebody mentions Howard Miller, now it's going to be a. Oh, let me tell you about the time I went to Howard Miller. About, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you what happened was. Uh huh. Uh huh. So no, it it definitely, and I'm not sure if we will talk Wayne into going with us anytime soon to anywhere like that again. Um, you know, well, he is. We'll ask a lot more questions next time. I think before we drag him off on an adventure like that, I think he's going to inquire some more. Well, I had to guess he had. I kind of thought it was going to throw more questions up about the Utah trip we've got coming up in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it, it really hadn't. Uh, he and I've gone over pretty well everything that I know from talking to the guys that we're going to be hunting with up there, and yeah, the, the guys up there, you know, have ensured me that. No ATV is needed. Uh, we will be in an airboat or either a mud boat moving around, whether we're on the Great Salt Lake or back in some marshes. Um, you know, the Great Salt Lake, I, I do believe, is going to be more of a diver hunt to where if we back off in the marshes, we're going to get some redheads. Can't, well, and redhead canvas backs are divers too, but more green winged right. teal, just different type of species being in, in different water. Uh, sure. But, uh, I know that's a trip that he's looking forward to. I know I'm looking forward to because it's a state I've never had the opportunity to hunt in. So it, yeah. it'll be a, a a unique adventure for sure. And, man, if y'all are looking to travel right now to hunt, anybody listening to this, you're not going to find plane flights any more reasonable than right now. 
I think it was $198 for over to Utah and back round trip. I mean, that's, I don't know how they can turn the lights on the plane on for that, besides fuel them up and put a pilot on it. Yeah, yeah, I know it. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty cheap. Hey, before we, I know we're, we're kind of getting on the back end of this and running out of time. Look, I wanted to talk about an event that's coming up that's going to be local to us, and you may know a little bit about it, so if I say anything wrong, please correct me. But there is going to be a benefit, um, bow shoot for a child in our local community. Um, I believe is, is, um, it's the, the kid is Cash Ward, I think is his name. Do you know, correct. you know about the tournament I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, they're putting on um, 3D I know it's going to be held tournament. there in East Fork, um, right outside of Liberty. It's going to be a 3D archery tournament. It's going to be the 17th, October 17th. Um, at 10 a.m. that morning, I know um, some people that we know, the Reynolds bow fishing um, guys, Chase and Whitney, I think they're helping organize this event. So you can get on Facebook um, and look them up, and I think they'll have some more information about it. But it's going to be a benefit for Cash. He has been diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, young child, I can't remember his age, but he's he's young, man. He's like, you know, my kid's age. And, um, five. you know, help I- I've got five, five in my head. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty close to that. But I don't like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it. It just popped in my mind that, you know, maybe we can get the word out there a little bit better for them and, you know, raise money for that family as they're going to be encountering all kind of medical expenses with that and, you know, say prayers for him, hopefully a, a fast, uh, you know, healing and recovery um, for, for cash and, and go out there and support that event. No doubt. And we will – over the next week or so, we will go ahead and post more stuff on our social media pages so that anybody local or, hey, look, if you're you're a couple hours out and you want to come, it's, it's going to be a wonderful event for a really good cause. Uh, Absolutely. You know, anytime that a child's sick, it, you know, it just, you know, you hate for anybody to be sick, but when it affects a child, it, um, it kind of pulls at your heartstrings a little bit harder. So, yeah, uh, for sure, for sure, because it could uh, tell them you love them every day, man. No doubt, give them hugs and kisses because they, you know, they're only little for a little while, even even when they are healthy. So, yep, and it's always tougher when you got a little one, you know, going through this. But uh, I know he's going to stay strong and, and and pull through this. But you know, going to need some help along the way. So, you know, this is just something small that somebody can get together. But hopefully, you know, it impacts them in a big way and and uh, and 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 feels the feels the love from that. So, yeah, if you wanted, to, if you can't make it, I'm sure. You know, you're more than welcome to make a donation and um and help that family out in need. But uh, but Pool, I know it's just me and you, man. But we wanted to cover some stuff that we've been doing and and uh, some, I guess you could say, adventures we've been on and the wild adventures of outdoor country talk. Man, hopefully, hopefully it never ends, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's gonna end one day because I don't know how many more days I can do like that. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Poole, I guess we're about out of time, huh? We are, my friend. We are. All right, y'all. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio 